Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. It's actually the one I was excited to watch. Uh, I would not love to watch it. I don't know if excited would be a good word. Well, it looked like the more garbagey of the two. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, well, I guess let's just jump into it. Doug, uh... <laughs> Do you want to tell us about uh, the fuck you see with the name of the movie? Seizure? <laughs> Seizure? Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's this horror writer, and he's <laughs> gone away for the weekend with his family. Did Stephen and, King write this? Uh, this is 74, so it was before he was published, at least. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so basically... Bunch of people are people are start getting tormented by these um, three people, and it's revealed that this is effectively the nightmare that the writer has been having repeatedly is playing itself out, and maybe these are three people who escaped from an insane asylum because that's what it says on the radio in the movie, but they also kind of look like they escaped from a circus sideshow, and then we get a lot of exposition about how they represent. Um, various deities from different religions, which is a whole different take on it. And I have no idea if anything in this movie really happened or if it's all in this guy's dream or what. But the three people who are there is like this creepy lady that's kind of like a psychologist, a giant strong man with a messed up face, and possibly my new favorite midget. (laughs) So... Hervey Villages is your new favorite? This look at I only know him as De Plain Vas De Plain. That's all I know him as. Yeah. And then I see him in this movie and I am like I'm here to tell you, regardless of what else we say about this movie, every moment that that midget is on screen, this is an A plus movie. And I'm not being sarcastic at all. It is a fantastic performance. When he beats the shit out of all those full size people, I fully believe it. I fully believe that he's doing it. When they finally get him down, he takes a beating like a champ when he's monologuing at these people. I'm fully engrossed in his performance. When he starts speaking in somebody else's voice for some reason that I didn't understand, I'm fully engaged trying to understand it, even though I wasn't successful. He's really, really good in this movie. Yeah, Hervey Villages was actually a very good actor. He just got offered shit parts for the most part. Did I lose connection? I can still hear you. Oh, okay. Did Doug drop out? Doug, Doug. I guess he did. Let's see if he comes back in. Hear me? Now we can hear you. Yeah. 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 Don't know what happened there. All of a sudden, you guys were just 
I was talking and all of a sudden you guys were <laughs> discussing the fact that you couldn't hear me. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I said something and then there was a long silence and I'm like, did I drop out? And I checked. Nope. So whatever you said, we didn't hear. So I uh, said, Hervey Villachez is a really good actor. He was usually just offered shit parts. Yeah. And I, I think I just said basically that that does not surprise me for the time frame that he was working in. I, yeah. I don't know if you call him a disabled actor or what the term would be you'd use for a midget actor, but you'd think he would not get offered any roles except ones that were contingent on him being the kind of quirky little midget sidekick guy. Yeah. Which today is still a problem today, but at least now there's a few actors that are broken through. Yeah. Cause was it by, by, by a few, you mean the one. Yeah, I mean Peter Dinklage, and <laughs> yeah, I can't. I was gonna start listing them, and then I realized I only know one, and I'm like, well, yeah. I guess I, mean, I, I can't. I suppose Mark Davis, maybe, in a in a weird way. Yeah, fair. but he kind of still, the majority of the time, is doing the stereotypical stuff or uh, playing himself. Yeah, that's the thing is he's gotten to that level of fame where he can play himself. Which is kind of cheating because it's different. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think it was Dinklage, didn't he? He just played Hervey Villages in like a bio pick for a cable movie or something. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I believe you. That actually sounds kind of awesome. I think it's dinner with Hervey. That's what it was called. Um, I don't know. Why don't you want you talk about if you if you liked this movie or not? Though. Um. Okay. So I didn't understand the movie. That having been said, it was a lot of weird and wacky shit going on for about 90 minutes. Um, A lot of like over the top cartoonish characters that were kind of fun to watch. So I would say, yeah, like, I think I liked this movie. Um, It was just almost like a surreal experiment in filmmaking more than like a narratively driven plot. But nevertheless, I enjoyed it. What did you think, Brian? Um, I didn't know what was going on. So then my mind started to drift and yeah, I honestly I did, not, did not pay nearly enough attention to this movie. I definitely think it's a, a bit of a pretentious filmmaker trying to do more than he was capable of on his, like, this is his first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think, yeah, he wasn't ready to tackle this type of stuff. He should have done some more straightforward narrative filmmaking to, hone his craft before diving into something like this was, was he ever hmm? yeah, not not a big secret i'm not a huge oliver stone fan okay I, like natural born killers is dope see i don't even like that movie see i think natural born killers is kind of the natural descendant of this film that's him He's doing sort of the same thing, but he's doing it better in Natural Born Killers. Yeah, and I liked The Doors. Which I haven't seen. And I, I remember and that I being think, pretty good. I think that's it. Besides that, I like think... Platoon, Platoon is amazing. I don't I think it's hard to argue that Platoon isn't a good movie. I, I know you're not a war movie guy. Yeah, I'm not a war movie guy, so it just kind of... to me, the best as far as still, like... And I mean, Born on the Fourth of July is just like one of those movies that like rednecks jerk off to you all the time <laughs> i don't know why aren't they all pro-military now I give a shit less. 
Yeah, I think I think uh, in some of those cases, his messaging gets lost in the movies, and people uh, don't realize that what he's trying to say. Like I thought, thought with W, I think he accidentally made George Bush into entirely too sympathetic a character, and I don't think that was his intention. Yeah, I think he's one of those. He his style. He basically makes movies that should be low budget art house theater movies but for some reason he has a big budget and they go to all the theaters yeah it's like i I just think oliver stone's stuff is mostly just pretentious crap shots fired oliver stone Uh, to be fair we are watching his like art housey stuff this week so well two two of us are watching his art housey stuff this week so (laughs) Right. Um, this and, would be you. And it works you better. Would, yeah, uh, I, I actually think yeah. you would like seizure. No, I think you like. There, there's a scene in this movie. Just to, I'm assuming we have a bunch of listeners who haven't seen it either. So there is a scene in this movie where the 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 midget, the psychologist, and the circus strongman have kidnapped this family of people, and they basically are making them run in a giant circle around the place and they're going to kill whoever the last one to make it is. And we have this one like just cartoonishly over the top asshole character. And so he's like knocking his own wife down to make sure that he's not the last one to cross the finish line. So he won't be killed. And then uh, <laughs> see, you see, but then he's like running and then he has this, he basically has a heart attack, I think, is what they're saying. But it's like the most over-the-top performance of him, like, like having a giant heart attack in the middle of this race. And then we get about what I'm going to say it's at least two minutes of him, like, crawling around on the ground, trying to convince these various circus freak characters to not kill him because he ends up being the last one due to his heart attack situation. <laughs> and it's pretty funny. I don't know that it's meant to be funny. But it is. It sounds delightful. If I had remembered yeah. like, what day we were recording, I would have loved to watch <laughs> I wondered. I'm just like, I bet Noah didn't even realize we are recording today. Well, you know what the weird thing is? I, I remembered us talking about some week, but I was thinking it was a week in November for some reason. Well, that's going to be another discussion because that's when uh, Doug's going to be gone. Yeah. I uh, I have to work tomorrow, which is why we moved it up one day. All right. And and then the last doesn't, the last week of matter. November, I'm gonna be gone. Yeah. See? All right. That time of the year. It's that time of the year for missing It's a good thing we're ahead. So let's let's get off this and get back to discussing the movie. Eh. Ryan, you haven't really said one way or the other. Well, Are you I saying said, it, it couldn't hold your attention? It obviously didn't hold my attention. I was not paying nearly enough attention to it. So then by the end of it I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And Stopped really caring, so it was not a uh, not a positive experience. Was there not just was there not just enough wacky shit going on that you kind of like? What about that one scene where the one guy decides he's going to fight back and he grabs his gun and he's acting all heroic and then he shoots one of his own family members in the face because he decides to fire through a door? Like that See, didn't entertain I, you? I don't even remember that. I was probably really into the game of Mahjong that I was playing. Okay, see, that's a problem. Because problem. Again, I, I I don't know that I'm going to say that this is like a movie that really, you know, quote unquote works, but I think there's enough stuff going on that it's interesting to watch. Like 
again, you have the the plane to plane guy beating the shit out of a group of full sized people. That's just funny stuff as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, doing it in a convincing way where I'm believing that this guy's a little martial artist. Yeah. But it's probably great. Know, I, guess I probably, probably need to rewatch it at some point, but yeah, I probably won't. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on this one, I guess. I don't know. Apparently, I'm the only well, one that actually watched the movie. So well, that's true. I don't know if we have any listeners that may have watched it that want to let us know what they thought. <laughs> love to talk about this movie with somebody. Uh, yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> it's not a good week, apparently. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just did not super get into it. I did not super get into it, so I did not pay nearly enough attention. I thought but, uh, the trailer. But you were aware that you were expected to discuss it on a podcast, right? Like, Yeah, but I figured uh, Noah and Doug will both watch it. It's fine. It does. It does sound like the type of thing that I would have a lot to say about. Probably. I think. I think you would have enjoyed it quite a bit. I think, like watching the uh, watching the interactions between all these weird characters. I think you would appreciate. No. I, oh yeah. Again. I'll probably watch. I'll watch it anyway, and then maybe talk about it next week. No, you're not welcome to speak about it next week. Nope. Tune in hour never. Uh, I did find it interesting that the uh, wife. The main character is played by Christina Pickles, who is more widely known as Ross and Monica's mother on Friends. And I was like, hey. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. It's uh, Ross and Monica's mom. And that's that's the only thing I know her from. So, and apparently this was her first movie. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a surprising number of familiar faces in these first couple of movies. Um, by which I mean, like, three or four between mm-hmm. two movies. But... You know, for a first time and a second time filmmaker, that's pretty good. Yeah. Looks like on his IMDb, he did like a short film or something before this, but that is. Yeah, but not not an actual movie. Yeah. Um, I read some quote, I think, in the trivia from Oliver Stone from an interview he did in 2007, and he calls this a brutal movie that he, and he does not say that in a positive way. He does no, not, he doesn't uh, mean that as a compliment. No, he does not think he was a very good filmmaker when he made this. So, essentially, yeah. this was his this was his uh, test project, and he does not think it ended up very well. So, <laughs> that's interesting. Again, I I am openly acknowledging that I don't think it works. I don't think he accomplished what he was trying to accomplish. That doesn't mean that what came out of it wasn't entertaining to me. Yeah. And possibly uh, to you guys, if either one of you had actually. Uh, <laughs> seen it well so what do you think of the ending do you think it all really happened or was it just some weird like i don't know because the impression i get is that it's one of these like loop things where he's like he's dreaming it he wakes up he's in the dream he's dreaming it he wakes up he's in the dream like just repeatedly Mm. and i don't understand what that works. i don't know when you ever how you ever find your way out of that loop i guess is what it comes down to yeah Yeah, i did find it interesting that the the end of the movie the, yeah, the, his wife sends the kid up. Go wake your dad up, just like you did in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. The kid goes in there and does the same thing. Dad, dad, it's time to wake up. And then just cuts to the dude's dead, like gray looking face staring at him. And I'm like, kid, I don't think your dad's waking up. I don't need to yeah. keep shaking him. Well, you know, kids are dumb. <laughs> yeah, I saw yours climbing the stairs the other day on the yeah, outside. Of, sort of thing. On the outside of the stairs. Yeah. 
he said it's okay if he falls because there's a table underneath to which I oh. then went and got him down. <laughs> it's okay. There's a table. Sounds like he's going to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. You Fucking death matches if I let him go. You should make him watch Dark Side of the Ring so he is prepared for the so he knows better. Rough, yeah. rough life of a wrestler. He keeps accidentally cosplaying as Mick Foley. He puts on... He won't wear jeans, so he insists on wearing track pants all the time, but now he likes wearing flannel shirts. So. Nice. Let's cut those sleeves off and have them go bang, bang. Yep. Anyways. Uh, so, uh, so I know you said recommend or not recommend. Uh, I recommend to Noah, not to most people. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend it, but not as a, a good movie. I recommend it as an interesting watch. There is a difference, right? There is a yes, big indeed. difference, yes. So, it's, yeah, like, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, a good movie, but I think it's, I, I can't, I can't not recommend the scene where that midget is just taking on this room full of full-sized people and winning. <laughs> every every time you describe it, it's, it's just, he's using like this, like, like, you know how like actors in the 70s would try to do martial arts, but filmmaking wasn't at its peak yet for that particular type of thing so they didn't have like stunt men that could do it and stuff they would just have the actor try their best it's that slow slow punches and double axe handles captain kirk fighting like not a like sweep the leg but it's just a midget rolling at a guy unnecessary i was gonna really say unnecessary rolling for some reason yeah <laughs> yeah that's key to 70s fighting it wasn't the 80s yet. You couldn't just throw a guy in a lake and hope for the best. So. Uh, well, anything else you want to bring to light before we move on? No, I don't think so. I don't like. I don't have much left to say. Um, usually, I bank off of what you guys say to come up with more thoughts, uh, but yeah. apparently, that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, we'll take Doug's word for it. I guess don't take my word for it. Beijing was really interesting that night. Uh, well, then let's move on to his second movie, which apparently was his first studio movie. So someone saw Seizure and was like, yeah. you know what? This guy is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Let's get he him. Make uh, that. He made like a Vietnam movie before this, right? No. His IMDb uh, lists Seizure and then The Hand as his first two movies. Can't Yeah. Well, Maybe I'm dead wrong. Like an apocalypse now? No. It was called like Morning in Nam or something like that. Uh, that might have been a short film that he did. That might be what I'm thinking of. Uh, so apparently this is labeled as uh, one of Michael Caine's uh, I Needed a Paycheck movie. Which has this and like Jaws 4 yep. in it. Which I don't understand because yeah, I think I, Michael, Michael Caine's really good in this movie. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's... So in the first part of the movie, I felt Michael Caine was miscast. Because you got him in like a flannel shirt, chopping wood, and it's Michael yeah. Caine with his British accent. And that then is they, ridiculous, yeah. And then they have him in like uh, he's a cart, like a drawing a comic strip, and that first little bit, it kind of seems out of it. But then later in the movie, when he starts to go nuts, you definitely, you definitely just see what Michael Caine as an actor can do. And then as they flesh out the character, some of the stuff, like him being in uh, a like a comic book artist 
starts to make a lot more sense when you realize just how pretentious he is about his characters and stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> it feels it feels weird to me that he's a writer for a comic book. And they treat that as a very serious and prestigious profession. Well, technically, I think he was a comic strip writer and artist. I don't know. Yes. I, I don't know if at the time well, yes. maybe that was either way funny. That was a little bit more prestigious than the comic book industry because yeah, the comic book industry was looked as like super lowbrow stuff for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 weird to me that anybody would pretend that um, that anyone would think that a comic strip artist who's being like literally is being published in newspapers the way they imply it mm. somehow matters like is it i don't know like how many of those guys got famous not many like maybe three or four most. yeah garfield guy yeah garfield guy jim, Peanuts guy. jim davis charles schultz yes <laughs> i couldn't use i couldn't I mean, tell you which one's which no, Jim Davis is Scarfield and Charles Schurz is Peanuts. I know that much, but who else? Like, I don't even, I don't uh, know who Drew Marmaduke. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if you went to read the paper at any given time, like, I grew up in the 80s, I, so I read comic strips, but if I opened the paper and one was missing, I don't think I ever would have noticed, right? Like, it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, they, they make it, they make it so it's a really big deal for him anyway. Yeah. And like, they're going to, keep him on as like some kind of like executive producer of the comic strip. Yeah. Well, after we, he loses his hand and yeah. Yeah, we that, got and that have far, somebody yeah. else go do it. And you're just like, that's, I don't think that's how it works. I think those little like four panel strips that were printed in newspapers were just one dude alone in a room making those like, uh, some of the big ones. I mean, I guess they're, they're making it sound like he was one of the top ones. Like, I know, like, uh, fucking Beetle Bailey or whatever. I think the guy that used to do that one retired, and they did bring in somebody else to keep it going. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, I believe that when one guy moves on, that somebody else takes over the story. Oh, okay. You're saying they, 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 would, they wouldn't leave him on to sort of critique it, is what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, like, like they're implying that, you're going to have one person writing the story and, and overseeing it. And then another person doing the drawing and filling in the details. And it's like, this is not how it works. I don't think at all, <laughs> but yeah. that's fine. I mean, if we're getting pretty nitpicky on for everything that goes on in this movie, I think the whole, you know, okay, fine. He, that's his job. I think we can just live with that and move on. That's <laughs> probably yeah. fine. I was going to say this, this movie is tonally all over the fucking place. I don't know. I don't know what the mm. fuck's going on with this movie. Yeah, I still like it. I said, uh, well, it's not bad. I yeah. mean, it's so Oliver Stone, although I don't like his movies, isn't incompetent. Right. And Michael Caine, although I prefer him, is a good guy because he's a very charismatic and likable actor. He's still a good actor. I mean, even if he's playing evil Michael Caine, in this which movie. is delicious. Yeah, I really enjoy his performance in this movie. As time goes on, I like when he starts to get angry. Um, and he just like yeah. when he starts snapping at the wife, who like obviously you're kind of on his side. He's kind of the good guy when he snaps at his wife because she's <laughs> an over the top villain. Um, 
I, I find that he, I, I really like watching him go off. And as yeah. he goes insane towards the very end of the movie is his performance is absolutely outstanding. It, and the funny thing is, so his, his reactions are clearly disproportional, right? To, to what's going on, but are they? Man, he is getting shit on a lot. Like, <laughs> well, and like, no, but like, you take that opening scene, right? Where the car accident happens. Like, his wife is trying to t- get him to pay the rent in an apartment so she can go live in the city and leave him there. <laughs> and she's like, but I'm not separating from you or anything. I'm just going to go join this, like, organization and I'll take our kid and we'll go live in a different place than you. And you yeah, continue you to be, take care of us entirely. Yeah. yeah, and you'll stay here by yourself. And it's like, and then like later in the movie, she's clearly cheating on him. And so I, I don't know that his reactions are that disproportional until the very end. when Well, he's, well he, he murders a bunch of people. Does he? <laughs> well, yeah. I disagree. You, either, you didn't watch the final scene of the movie. Yes, I did. But but either way, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that there's one of two things happening in the movie after the scene with the doctor and stuff. No, number one, it is all supernatural and there is a killer hand. In which he's controlling yes. that killer hand, so he's still the killer or but there is no killer he's... hand and this is all in his head and he's crazy, in which case he's the killer. Well, the OK, so but in the opening scene where the. Okay, so my opinion is there has to be a killer hand because it we see too much of the hand when Michael Caine's not around, and also we see him interacting with the hand at the end. So when he's in like that psychiatric institute or wherever wherever he's locked up. Um but the implication in this movie is that the uh the hand the the severed body part, we learn this from the lizard's tail in, in the very opening scenes of the movie has its own like instinct so it's not necessarily taking its commands from the rest of the body it's just acting in the way that it feels the body would want it to react so it's acting on his desires but not necessarily him having control over what the hand does that makes sense so he's not responsible for the hand's actions in my view i don't know see but i feel like that that is countermanded by the entire conversation he has with the best friend that's the psych professor who gives him the whole speech of you could go through your whole life and never actually know who you are because if you're just blanking out you doing these bad things i feel that was a mislead to make us think that michael kane was the one doing the killing and in all the scenes where it flashes back in his head and shows him killing all the people that's him going insane and believing that he did all that stuff when he didn't do it that's how i took there's, it. there's also the, supernatural the scene where he's mad at his wife and the dinner starts moving suggest yeah. he might be cuckoo pants from the beginning of the movie I, I think he's gradually the idea of the movie and i don't think it's completely successful in this is that he's already kind of not very happy at the beginning of the movie and with the wife threatening to leave him and then the car accident that loses his hand and then everything else that goes on with the comic strip that he's supposed to be gradually going more and more insane but then there's also a killer hand going around doing his bidding uh, I'm going to say on team uh, dismembered hand just because I want it to be a dismembered hand. Not necessarily because the movie made me believe it was. Yeah, 
I mean, I think it's I think it's vagary. I think the whole idea is that it it kind of it almost doesn't matter if there mm-hmm. is or is not a killer hand. Because once again, e- either way, it's acting out his desires and stuff. You know what I mean? So it's still technically yeah, him. Acting out his desires is not acting out his commands. There is a difference, right? I don't know. Because he, he seems, be once again, as... he seems to be pretty murder horny whenever that hand kills the doctor. Well, at that point, he's completely snapped. Mm-hmm. That last scene where he's strapped into that chair in that asylum. He's clearly gone completely and utterly fucking nuts. Yeah, I, I'm actually, I don't even know if that's supposed to be real. Any of it. Like, that entire scene. I want it to be, again... Because it changes, I, I don't you know what the I mean? Like is... the the aesthetic of the film changes a great deal. Yeah, that's fair. Almost like that scene was like a, a reshoot or something. I I think. Um, See, so yeah, I think the the flaw of the film is that we don't. It, it's if if this is meant to be, we don't know if the hand is real or not. There shouldn't be so many shots of the hand where no one else is around. The hand is just doing its thing. That shouldn't happen, right? Because we do see that a number of times where the hand is crawling or the hand is you know, just in a field by itself. And if that's the case, then that means to me that it has to be a real thing. And they do use that, like they, they do some of the shots that are randomly in black and white to maybe imply that it's not entirely real. But I don't think it's enough. So I think there's a killer hand. Yeah, I strategic use of black and white can be really, really effective in a movie. And in this one, you're just like, what the f- man? <laughs> this feels, it felt, I didn't, there, there I, are several things in this film that feel lazy, which is weird. I don't think because whenever lazy, I think of Oliver that. Stone, I don't think of him as a lazy filmmaker, but in this particular film, I'm like, I feel like you just fucked off on this. I don't know. Like in 1981, putting random black and white shots in your movie, I don't think is lazy as much as it's. I mean, he's not understanding how to use those visual effects yet, but he's taking chances and doing something that nobody else was really doing at the time. Remember when he has sex with one of his students and he just keeps telling her to come over and she doesn't seem very excited by that prospect? <laughs> I was getting ready to say, once again, uh, his character is supposed to be this uh, villainous character in a lot of ways. And it's hard to j- see him as a villain when you're like, Jesus, fuck. Like, the scene where he's fucking her and she's basically going, okay, you can start now. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, Jesus Christ. Fucking, if I had a psychic connection to a hand, that hand would be doing some murdering, too. <laughs> well, Honestly, there is like, you ain't even got to just... fake it. It would have been better if she had just been like, I'm not enjoying this and got up and left. It's super weird that she keeps coming back, though. That's the part yeah. I don't get. Like, cause it's implied that she sleeps with a lot of guys. And it's implied that, you know. Like she shows up. It's not like she's looking for a relationship. She takes her clothes off three minutes after she gets there. I was so, going to say, I th- I think the implication at the end, so the last scene where it's Christmas time right before she gets murdered, mm-hmm. I, I think it's implied that she just feels sorry for him. Is that what you, how you took it? Okay. Yeah, because there's the whole thing where she's kind of like upset and crying, and it's like she's getting ready to tell him she's not coming back. And then she sees that he bought her a present and stuff. And she's like, okay, I, you know, I can afford it. I'll come back. Yeah. And then you find out she's 
already planning on going to fuck this other teacher. Yeah. Who she said she never would. Yeah. <laughs> but then it was like this guy, like his, like, you know, his wife is cheating on him and then she only stays with him because he loses his hand, which is entirely her fault that he loses his hand, by the way. Because when she says, I'm thinking about moving away on you, he he gets angry. So her solution is to drive like a maniac, which results in <laughs> yep. the accident that costs him his hand, which costs him his entire career. Right. Yeah. She's to which she's, point she's the worst. She is yeah, literally to which the point worst. then she like she she when he said when he accepts another job, she doesn't go with him. And then she tricks him and lies and says she's coming to live there. But really, she's only planning to stop by on her way to go live with another man. So then he meets this other girl and she's like, obviously, like he's way more into it than she is. And then she just is sleeping with his only friend. Well, and he's living in like this shitty pseudo log cabin. Yeah. Because he can't afford anything better because he's still paying for the house and stuff that she's living in fucking her other boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's that terrible. one moment, that moment where terrible. he looks at her and he goes, is that is that guy living with you in New York? And she goes, oh, I wouldn't say living with me. It's like, fuck me. And she's right. like, and, and our daughter likes him, so it's okay. Well, yeah, like, and then he says, you know, he basically goes, is he fucking you? And she goes, that's none of your business. And it's like, is what you're married? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, that is his fucking business. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> is she true? The, now, maybe this is a, a flaw in the writing, and maybe Oliver Stone has trouble writing women characters. I'm not sure, but it it seems like she's just cartoonishly over the top evil, right? <laughs> uh, like she's just like she's just gonna move to San Francisco and and take the kid with her and not tell the husband that she's moving from New York to San Francisco when he lives somewhere else in California and, and is thinking she's going to move there. Well, and so I think the movie tries to point out the fact that, so she's, she's not entirely at fault wanting to leave Michael Caine because Michael Caine seems to be this kind of, uh, well, and rage, rage, monstery douchebag, which I mean, that just is is what it is. Right. Which that entitles her to leave. That doesn't entitle her to force him to pay for her apartment. While she fucks her boyfriend. Well, yeah, and and it's the way she does things. Like if she just was like she's literally says to him at one point, like the family should move to New York. We'll get this one bedroom apartment <laughs> and you'll stay here. And that'll be how the family moves to New York. That's not how well, you do it at all. Right. Well, and, and that's not even how it went. She's like, the family should go to New York. Yeah, one bedroom apartment. And he's like, but where am I going to work? And she's like, oh, well, you should stay here and we'll just go. You and said you like, wanted to stay here. She's like yeah. gaslighting the shit out of him. Right. You said that's what you yeah. wanted. So, yeah, she's <laughs> fucking terrible. Well, and yeah. then she even like at the end, right before she gets murdered, she gets one more dig in in that scene of them unwrapping presents mm. where he gives her his daughter that book and she actually seems genuinely excited about it. And she's like, are you going to read this to me? And, you know, in they're having a an actual moment of him and his daughter getting to connect who he hasn't seen in months, months and months and months. And 
the mom does the whole, oh, look, a present for me and like jams it in her daughter's hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're yeah, like, I noticed that, too. I was wondering yeah, if that was obvious to non-parents, but apparently it is. No. <laughs> Listen, I've I've been to many a family Christmas party where somebody's feeling passive aggressive and wanting to make sure their their child knows that they love them the mostest. <sighs> that was like legit hard to watch. I thought the way like the mom just takes that moment away from him because he does seem to genuinely care about the daughter. Like his relationship with the wife is rocky at best. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not perfect and she's clearly just a monster. So that's a bad mix. But Mm -hmm. then he does seem to really care about his daughter. And he that's what when he gets really upset is when she keeps just like, yeah, I'm going to go to New York and I'll take our daughter and you'll just never see her again. And he's like, no, that's bullshit. And then later in the film, she's just like, now I'm going to go to San Francisco and just take our daughter and you'll never see her again. (laughs) And he's like, what the fuck? Like, that's my kid, too. And he's. 100% 100% right. Like, you don't just get to do that. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting how they sort of juxtaposition his wife versus his quote-unquote girlfriend. Yeah. Like, when they're just kind of talking, she starts talking about stuff like, man, I don't want to do nothing. I don't, you know, I don't want to be, what was she going to be, like an account, like an account manager or something? I don't know. Yeah, a, a book girl or something she calls it and all this stuff and she just because she's taking his class just to take his class she's she doesn't really want to be an artist and she doesn't want to be this book person she doesn't want to work at the grocery store and i was just listening to her talk about how like i don't i don't really want to do anything i don't you know she doesn't seem like she wants kids or whatever and I feel like from his perspective, he's just like, oh, fucking finally. Like my wife wants to be in this fucking dance group or whatever. And she it's has like all these plans. Cult. Yeah, she has all these plans. And you just don't want to do nothing. You just want to be sort of a like, you know, at least from his perspective, it seems like you just want to be taken care of, which I can totally do, which is why I think he... uh sort of starts really getting into her not knowing that she she actually wants to do a lot of things it turns out to be the other teachers yeah <laughs> she wants to do a lot of things and all of them are cock <laughs> that was another one of the things that happens to this poor character is he moves all the way out to this school to like to teach thinking he's like okay, like I don't have my hand anymore, so I can't be an artist, but at least I can help the next generation. He seems genuinely excited about it. And when he gets there, he like asks all the students what their favorite comic strip is in a comic strip artist's class, and none of them have one. (laughs) And he realizes they're all just taking it because it's like a fun course to take or whatever. Yeah, it's it's a dumb course. Like he just, oh, like it. Uh, nothing goes right for this guy. (laughs) He does just take a beating emotionally throughout the entire movie. Like this was supposed to be a new opportunity. Oh fuck! I'm gonna hate everybody. But then I do like the yeah. They all uh, have these sketch pads that they turn in, and then he grades them and hands them back. And the whole reason she comes over is because apparently during either during one of his blackouts or his dismembered hand drew a really raunchy picture in her. Sketch pad and handed it back to her. She's like, oh, that? yeah, I'm down for that. And she's, that's why she stops over. Apparently in this town, that's just acceptable behavior. 
right? Nowadays, he would have been arrested, fired from his job. Oh, yeah, he's canceled forever. Yeah, he, he would have got me too for sure. And it is, to be fair, we've been acting as though he's the innocent victim in all this, but he he is still still married and he is sleeping with one of his students. Like he's he's not completely innocent at this point in the film. Yeah. Although I think at least in the context of a movie, if not like like I'm not condoning anything in real life, but in the context of a movie, we can see how he's been driven to this behavior where he's like living alone. His wife is thousands of miles away, you know, basically hiding his kid from him, living with he he kind of seems to know she's living with another man there. And, you know, you can understand how he ends up behaving this way. Yeah. And, and at first I'm like, well, I'm trying to like watch this and not be like weirdly sexist about it. Like, you know, why is it okay for him to do all this shit? And she's not allowed to, but she's so over the top horrible. But it's just like, well, yeah, yeah, she's a terrible person. And not I'm not even looking at just that like she's just doing doing stuff and as a man, I'm like, well, I don't appreciate that. No, it's she's literally horrible. <laughs> and anybody yeah. can see that. Yeah. She's yeah. he's he's aggressive and and clearly verbally abusive through a great deal of the film. And once again, that entitles her to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, and no. not and not be with him because he's a douchebag. It doesn't it doesn't entitle her to like fucking torture him for two years. Yeah. You know how fucking horrible this woman is. We keep how talking about horrible it like, is she? Is that when we discuss this movie, we spend all our time talking about how horrible she is, and not the fucking severed hand that's crawling around throughout this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that's how terrible this woman is. She drew our attention away from the severed limb that is the centerpiece of this movie. That's because it's it's a monster. So it's entitled to behave badly. Yeah. But it's like these poor special effects guys made like four different severed hands that they that all did different sort of little things throughout the movie. Oh, we don't bother I, to discuss any of them. I get I get the difficulty of of what they were doing and what they were working with. But man, even for an early 80s movie, I got to say a couple a couple of the hand special effects are real bad. Oh, I don't think so. What what moment what, are you thinking of? Really? There's there's at least two where the the severed hand is choking somebody and you can see the stuntman holding the the arm underneath the stump, you can totally see it. I didn't notice that. I, I was just enjoying watching people get choked. I didn't either. I mean, I'm cool with it. It's not a big deal, but it's, I don't know. I don't know. You call I it terrible. It pretty cool. It's kind of a bad, it, well, it is. It's terrible. Like it's, it's zipper on the suit kind of bad. You know what I mean? That I'm not going to hate a movie because I can see a zipper on the suit. But if you can see a zipper on the suit, director done fucked up. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I, I didn't notice the moment you're talking about. So, I read the uh, the guy who was in charge of it worked on the special effects for the '76 King Kong. Nice. And his quote okay. was like, "Okay, King Kong's arm, hand, or arm, or whatever 
was like 18 feet tall or something. So you could, you know, fit everything in there you needed to. For this one, you know, it was like the size of a regular hand and we had to fit all the motors and stuff basically into something that's just the size of a regular person's wrist. And that caused a lot of problems. That makes sense. Do we want to talk about the other hand? Oh my God. You mean the Forget better the, hand? Can I let, can I get rid of my awesome hand? robot hand he gets? Can I get rid of my real hand and get this crusher hand? Because it's awesome. It's, when, they, when they put that, that is a fucking badass looking prosthetic they put on him. And when they show that like, oh, he can like crush things to death with it. I'm like, yes, that should be the fucking movie. That should be a pissed off Michael Caine. And all these people are getting their throats crushed. And eventually like towards the end of the movie, we see him turn his shoulder the wrong way. And he crushes that glass. And you're like, oh, my God, it's been him crushing their throats the whole time. <laughs> I want that movie. Yeah. The uh, ungloved, it looks like the Terminator hand. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then he gets an awesome best... Luke Skywalker hand or glove to put on it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's what special effects technology was at this time. We all know that. <laughs> guy, got a guy with a severed hand. You give him a cool robot hand for one shot. And then you put a black glove over that hand so that the actor can just walk around with a black glove on the rest of the movie. <laughs> but they're teaching him how to use it. And he's like, well, how, uh, how powerful is it? And he's like, well, put your hand in there. And that's kind of a dick move. Because then he like yeah. grips it and it's like, ah, ah. And it's like, well, that was a super horrible thing to tell him to do, you motherfucker. Yeah. Fucking asshole prosthetic guy trying to drive up more business for himself by having him ruin his other hand. <laughs> ah, but double crushing hands. Maybe that's a good idea. I don't know. I think you need one for like eating and. Whatever else, your more gentle behaviors. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The crushing hand was awesome. He just, I just feel like he could just like grab onto like a car door and just rip it off by accident or something. Why would you not want the awesome robot hand? Well, no, he he can only crush things. He can't. He doesn't have super pulling strength. He'd need a prosthetic shoulder for that. I'm saying he would crush the door so much it would just come off its frame, and then he would just oh, be okay. like, oh shit, and then. Yeah. He's just so driving so around what you're like saying is, we need to with remove no some more chunks. <laughs> What'd you say? No, I said. So what you're saying is we need to remove some more chunks. Yeah, pretty much. Cut off, cut off them feet. Give them them fast feet. <laughs> fast robot feet. Not even oh, because since it was 1980, not even fast feet. It would be like uh, fucking what was his name? Ram Man from He Man, where he could just like bounce. Yeah. So like inspect your gadget legs. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's gotta wear this weird harness and there's a spring on it that essentially the further he reaches out, the more his hand will like close. And I would just crush the shit out of everything. Although there's more yeah, of be that a fun too. hobby the did first you, couple of weeks. Did yeah. you notice that so the the way they explain that the hand works? Later on in the film, it's pretty obvious that the the robot hand is is moving without him doing the things he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah, and it's I, not perfect. Well, I don't. I was trying to figure out. I don't know if that's an oversight or if it was once again supposed to be implying weird supernatural things afoot. Okay. 
I don't know. I took it as oversight. I really thought by the end of the movie, what we were going to find out is he was like psychokinetically controlling the sever hands. So once again, we have scenes like where he's at dinner and he's getting pissed off and the legs of the food start moving. There's the scene where toward the end, he's having that argument with his wife and his robot hand is down by his side, but it's clearly clenching a fist, which it shouldn't be able to do. Yeah. I see where you're going with that, but I, I, I just saw it as a flaw in the filmmaking. Maybe. I mean, what we really needed was a good knockdown drag out fight between the robot hand and the severed hand. That would right. be a thing to have. Ooh, robot mm-hmm. hand versus severed hand. <laughs> Michael Caine stuck in the corner like Miss <laughs> Elizabeth at WrestleMania 5. Not sure who to cheer for. I will say this. <laughs> There's about three minutes of this film that is the basically the, the crescendo of the film. And it is essentially... Michael Caine arm wrestling himself. <laughs> Which I saw on fa- on uh, Instagram that Doug thought this might be a little bit more uh, Evil Dead 2-y. Oh, really? Well, I was thinking I... over the top. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I just Googled image search for the movie and like uh, stuff pops up that looks like Michael Caine fighting his own hand, which got me very excited. Because <laughs> I didn't bother to read the plot description or anything before going into the movie. No point in doing that. It's already on the list. Uh, I don't know anything else other than just this movie is a lot better than it should be. Yeah, I mean, Michael Caine totally elevates this movie to a level that it does not deserve. Uh, I think it's... I think the directing is good. I think maybe the writing is where it would have been better to have his descent towards madness to be a little bit more gradual and to have... Like, I think maybe if you had, like, police and stuff, like, implying that maybe they thought he had killed people throughout the movie, and he's convinced he didn't, and then he's gradually convincing himself he's going insane, and then the hand shows up and he realizes that he's not, that'd be kind of the fun way to do it. But they, mm. they don't quite do that. Yeah. But, man, that's, like, that car accident scene where he loses his hand, that was fucking awesome. It and the is. robot hand is awesome and I think the hand looks good throughout most of the movie no one disagrees but like yeah overall like I gotta say I like this movie too yeah um, this is one I saw when I was like 10 years old or something it was on like USA or something and like 3 in the afternoon and I'm like what the fuck is this it's one of those weird things that just can never happen anymore which is just you're the tv station's on you're not really paying attention there's a movie on what is this movie i don't know what's it about i don't know they're like there's no way to like look it up nowadays yeah, it's just like, like yeah, the, just yeah, the yeah. yeah so back in the day like people don't understand like and you if you miss the opening part of the movie that might be it you might just never get to see the opening part of the movie mm-hmm. You might you might spend the next ten years trying to figure out what the movie is, and then finally one day you're over at a friend's house, you guys are flipping through Netflix, and you figure out that it's the movie Hardware. <laughs> See, <laughs> that could happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just the first thing I remember about this movie is yeah the the accident scene where his hand gets taken off. So yes. I'm like, oh I yeah, t- it's real good. 
And then, yeah, I watched I the rest not, of it. I did not see it coming, man. Like, I thought that car was going to roll or something. And then we wake up in the hospital. When he starts leaning out the window, I'm like, oh, he's leaning out the window. His hand is out the window. I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and since I saw this movie when I was 10, I do have a weird thing about having my hand out the window if the car is moving. Because I don't want to sure. run into something and get it taken off. <laughs> Just be glad you didn't see Hereditary when you were 10. Uh, right? Like, I can have it out. Like, I can rest my arm on the on the windowsill. But, man, he was, like, stretching it out there. Like, get the fuck over. What What he kept calling? Oh, he kept calling her a cow. The w- woman behind him. It is, it is yeah. fucked up that there's four drivers involved in this accident. And three of them didn't give no fucks that somebody was getting ready to die. <laughs> They all they all have their right to be there. It's not their problem. It's not their job to take care of Michael Caine's hand. I uh, one of the like this. I wish I could do a Michael Caine impression, and I cannot. Michael Caine. Uh, One of the things I read is that uh, after shooting a scene, I don't know which one. uh, Oliver Stone was like, "Uh, I don't know if we got the right like expression for what's going on, and. um, so I'd like to kind of just redo that part over again. And Michael Caine, being Michael Caine, was like, oh, no, you you got the right one. Don't worry about it. And he's like, but, I mean, I'd kind of like, yep, you got it. Check the dailies when they come in. And then he checked the dailies, and apparently <clears throat> he liked Michael Caine's expression much more than the one he had in his mind. I mean, he Michael Caine was already a very well-established actor at oh, this yeah. point. Oh, yeah. Apparently the actors uh, didn't make the money back then that they do now. So he had still two low budget horror films to <laughs> buy houses. The rumor is he did this for a down payment on a garage he was building. He's like, well, okay. if I go, just go shoot this movie for a couple of weeks, then uh, and get that garage thing going. It's a weirdly specific. There, there is that famous quote where he he says he's never seen Jaws 4, but he's seen the house that bought his mom or whatever. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, you know what? Good for him. <laughs> whatever. Somebody's got to be in these movies. And frankly, he elevates the movie. So I don't care if he's doing it for the paycheck or not. He's clearly putting in the effort as yeah. well. He's earning that paycheck. Yeah, he's not just showing up. Like, even if he's not in love with the movie, he's still showing up and putting in the work. So it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Supposedly, Michael Caine's retired now. But when I popped on IMDb, I noticed he still has like two credits in 2021, despite the fact that it's the middle of a pandemic and he's 110. So I don't know how that qualifies <laughs> as retired exactly. Well, it's the one, was it a Sellers or whatever? One where he's like an old man writer, I think is said it's officially going to be his last movie. Maybe, yeah. Okay. And until he pops up as Alfred in the the shitty uh, Flash. There. Uh, yeah, he does. There's one for post production for Medieval, Great Escaper pre production. So maybe he's going to drop out. And I don't know. Now you see, now you see me three was announced, but I think they may have to. Uh, you're like, well, no Michael Caine for this movie. Oh, it's, those movies are so fucking bad. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I only saw the first one, but I won't be seeing any more of them. Yeah, so that's about where I'm at. 
I feel like it's one of those things like Fast and the Furious where I'm like, this is hot garbage. Why are people into this? And then they just say they're going to keep making them. Yeah, Eventually there'll be a crossover between those two universes. <laughs> Fast and the Furious and now you see me? Yeah, we're gonna see make, why not. Now we're you gonna can make... see me going Fast and Furious. <laughs> we're going to make their cars disappear. I was just, I don't know, this is off topic and I'm usually not the tangent guy, but as I was waiting for Noah to show up, I had Netflix on and I was just flipping around and I stopped on some documentary about filmmaking and they were like, one of the tropes in filmmaking is that when the movie ends with a, uh, like a funeral, there's always one character off in the distance watching but the Fast and the Furious took it to another level because here you see Paul Walker watching the distance, watching the funeral from a distance. And then you see Vin Diesel watching Paul Walker watch the funeral. And he's from an even more distance. And I'm like, oh, God, thank God, God I never watched that one. I would have lost my mind. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod, or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Alright, what did everybody watch since last episode? I watched things. Oh wow, more than one? Uh, two things. To be Such said. as? Uh, I watched the entire uh, series of Dr. Death, which was the uh, show based off the podcast, based off the true life story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, what a fucking stacked cast they got for just a, a true life miniseries. Who's all on it? It felt strange. A uh, bunch of people that, whose name I'm going to fuck up. Uh, Baldwin <laughs> and the mm. dude from uh, Fringe. Who was more famous when he was younger? Joshua okay. Jackson? Yes. Maybe. Uh, Casey? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Christian Slater's in it. Oh, well, that's all that's all it's important. Oh my god. And Christian Slater's character is so fucking great. So uh, did you guys I mean, have you guys listened to the podcast or do you guys know anything no. about the story? I have no, no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so it's the story of this guy who was a neurosurgeon, and he was really, really bad at it. And he, bas- oh, and he basically killed and maimed a whole bunch of people. And over and over again, there were opportunities to stop him. And due to the way the American medical system works and due to flaws in the way we do things, basically... He just kept working. And it was to the point where, like, all the nurses knew he was killing and hurting people and all the doctors knew he was killing and hurting people. And he would just go to another hospital. And when the two doctors who were kind of like trying to stop him would go to that hospital, they'd be like, "Uh, we requested all this stuff and no one had a single negative thing to say. about." And that would happen over and over again. It's real. It's it's a real fucked up story. It's got to do with just like how it's all messed up you know they turned him into the review board and the review board basically said well 
we can't do anything. He'll sue us. And yeah, yeah, they were talking about net stuff. They they were to <laughs> Christian Slater. So they the Alec Baldwin and Christian Slater play these two other neurosurgeons who are kind of trying to end this guy's career because they know how bad what he's doing is. And of course, Christian, you know, they're surgeons, so they're all narcissists. So Christian Slater gets to play this narcissist doctor who just talks shit constantly, which is pretty delightful. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's wild watching they, them chase this guy trying to stop him. And it's told in a really weird way where it kind of starts at the end and then works forward and backward at the same time. There's a lot of like jumping around in time. Which is strange. I mean, it starts with them basically outright telling you, like, this guy's killed and hurt a bunch of people. Okay, now let's go back to the beginning. You know? nice. really, yeah. The real the real life doctor is accused of injuring 33 out of 38 patients that he operated on. Jesus. Yeah. It's real. It's real fucking. If you ever listen to the podcast, and, real bad. And Brian, Brian, that's in a two year span. <laughs> Oh, the American healthcare system is terrible. Oh, my God. One of the things they were trying to explain, like, in the podcast as they're talking, and this doctor says, okay, this is how this surgery is performed, right? You you go in, you make this incision, and then you take a scalpel, and you use the scalpel to remove this tiny little disc, right? You take it out and all that, and end, end of surgery, right? And... He went in with this completely other device, ripped a chunk of the bone out, right? Did all this stuff and then didn't even remove the disc. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's crazy how bad this guy fucked people up. His, how long he, is this his, best, his best friend let him uh, operate on him. To, Ooh. like, keep his patient count up. And he turned his best friend into a quadriplegic because he fucked his surgery up so bad. Well, but he's not his friend no more. Well, they kind of go into that, too, because it's real weird where the guy, like, still, like, cares about him because he's his friend. <laughs> it's, it's real. I would... Oh, my God. It's it's sad and fucked up. It's real fucked up. Like, yeah, it's not surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. I, I, I highly recommend it. I remember I, I recommend the podcast too. I thought the podcast was fantastic. I'm downloading the podcast instead of listening to your, what else you're saying. I'm fascinated by this. <laughs> yeah, it's real good. Dirty John's real good too. If you've never listened to Dirty John, what did Dirty John do? Uh, so Dirty John is about this guy who was just like a, a fucking liar. He convinced this woman that he was an anesthesiologist and. He was stealing money from her and he's a drug addict. And it, as things go on and on and on, you just find out all sorts of terrible things about this dude that it, it just turns out he's a lying, manic manipulative douchebag. And it's this woman and her two daughters and the two daughters are kind of shitty, too. <laughs> but they're trying to warn her over and over again. And in the end, once they finally convince the mom to leave this guy, he came and attempted to murder one of her daughters and her daughter is a big Walking Dead fan. <laughs> mm. And apparently she she's quoted as saying, you know, she watched so much Walking Dead that whenever he came at her with the knife, 
she went into full fight the zombies mode, you know, the killer be killed <laughs> stuff that they do on the show. And she ended up getting hurt pretty bad, but she managed to take the knife from him and stabbed him through the fucking eye into the brain, killed the guy. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, it's real. It's a it's a cool story. They made a TV series about it, too. They're nice. real good. Those true crime, those true crime podcasts are pretty fucking good. <laughs> I'm assuming Char got you to listen to those. Yeah. Yeah. And they're ones they're ones with actual like investigative journalists, not like the fucking yeah, yeah. crappy two friends sipping wine and talking about true crime like most of them are. <laughs> I find those a little distasteful. I still find it interesting that your wife is so into true crime and loves it so much. But a horror movie with some gore in it, she's like, nope, can't do it. I mean, it but it blows my fucking mind. She was watching, she had a dateline on the other day, and just it was about this like serial rapist. He was just getting away with it over and over and over again. And they were like, Oh, and he got picked up and accused, and he did two days in jail and they let him go. And then he raped five more people. And I was like, how do you watch this? <laughs> the stuff I watch isn't real. It's not real. It's fake people. Fake people with fake things. Doing fake things to each other. <laughs> this is real depressing, really real shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then I also watched Halloween Kills. Which I've actually watched twice now. So. Really? You seem to not enjoy it enough to watch it uh, twice within that short period of time. My friend, who's my former coworker, who I was trying to help educate on horror films, which about 20 minutes before we started the podcast, because he came over to watch some movies, and uh, I was like, well, i got to be done by like 8. Uh, as we were looking through stuff, informed me he has not seen Return of the Living Dead. And I was like, I may just call my podcast host and be like, uh, I got an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> my friends never see Return of the Living Dead. I think we're just not going to have to do the show tonight. It's very important to see Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead. Is it three? Three's the one with the crazy chick who's like yeah. sticking shit yeah. into herself, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Well, I enjoy that one as well. Yeah, those are the good ones. Uh, so he wanted to watch Halloween, and since we are chained up to the uh, to the overlords that is uh, Comcast, we do get Peacock Premium for free. So since it is streaming on there, I told him if he wanted to save some money and come over, he could watch it. I I understand hbo shilling the money to have their straight to streaming same day as theaters movies mm -hmm. what in the fuck's going on in this world that that peacock streaming service has got the fucking uh, goddamn decent uh, theater movie on it's because they're both owned by universal it's weird and uh the movie freaky that blumhouse put out with vince vaughn Apparently did not do well because it was still in that weird time when people were not going to theaters because of coronavirus. And it did so did so bad that uh, Blumhouse was like, well, maybe we should do this one, you know, day and date with the theatrical. So it doesn't feel like they're killing their own numbers. Well, I mean, it made 50 million this weekend. So yeah. I don't know. and of course, Doug didn't go see it. Right. Doug? Yeah. But. 
I have plans to see it next weekend. Calm down. I just couldn't get it arranged this weekend. Then I won't. Mm-hmm. Then I'll try to avoid spoilery discussions of it. Although mm-hmm. I don't, there isn't a lot of spoileriness that can. Yeah. I assume Michael Myers actually survived the last movie and now he's going to kill some more people, but then the people try to kill him instead. Is that reasonably close to the plot? I haven't really looked into it. Most <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Uh, I would say, so there are things I really like about it and things I was like, God damn it. The thing I really like about it, I feel like it really embraced that feeling of a 1970s grindhouse movie. I don't oh, know. Did it? Because the last one didn't. Everyone said the last one did, and it didn't. So. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't particularly like the last. One. I think this one's better. Okay. Because I don't. I just. I don't give a fuck about uh, no. family drama. I want to see Michael Myers fucking killing people. He does do a lot of that. It, and he does a lot of that. And did you, and, and Brian? I don't. Tell me if you felt the same way. Did you feel like it was particularly gruesome? It was for a Halloween entry. Um, I feel like it was very, uh, uh, violent, which I don't necessarily compare think is a bad thing. Yeah. It's not, but it's not bad. It just felt tonally weird for but Michael Myers is very, very, uh, hard hitting in this one. Yeah. Cause he's usually a stab off screen and then you see the body afterwards. Hmm kind of thing and in this it's like no <laughs> we're yeah. going prowler we're going prowler on this bitch we're gonna linger them shots it does seem more uh, rob zombie halloween with the level of intensity of no. some of the kills but don't compare it to that shit. oh i'm not trust me i'm those those <laughs> are this one's better than a rob zombie one i will say that but yeah i don't know and i kind of a lot of problems i felt like this one in a lot of ways, it added something to the franchise that was missing in some ways, because I like the idea of that Michael, uh, that Michael Myers has been, you know, haunting this town, quote fingers, for years and years and years, killing people and causing all this stuff. And you don't ever feel like the town reacts to it. And mm-hmm. I feel like this this film that's all it is it's like well this is what happens like people turn into fucking animals you know what i mean yeah yeah i won't go too much further into it but i feel like that stuff sounds great on paper and i do not feel like it worked very well up on the screen hmm. i don't know once doug watches it we'll have to get his opinion i i thought it yeah. worked like i enjoyed i enjoyed this one more than i i would say i would put it third no in the the cadre of Halloween films, one and two are still way better. But mm. I would yeah. put this one probably people, right after two. People loved a bad both two recently, and I don't really understand why. People who what now? People just—it seems like online the cool thing to do is to bad mouth part two, and I don't understand it. I rewatched it to see what people were talking about, and I still think it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So. It is. It is weird, but it's 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 its own thing, and it's good. Yeah. I just wrote a uh, video yeah, about about Halloween too. Um, I did point out some of the problems, but I still think it's it's actually pretty good. And the the other thing I will say is from the trailers, I had my concerns about them going a little too supernatural with Michael Myers and, and bordering on Druid Michael Myers. 
uh, connotations. And everyone assured me that the director had done a billion interviews <laughs> saying that's not what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And once you watch this film, Doug, if Michael Myers isn't fucking supernatural, then these fuckers have no idea what human anatomy is. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can make yeah. that argument for virtually any of the sequels to any slasher where it looks like the guy died and then they go, nah, I didn't. Right. I'm I'm saying the first one where he gets shot six times, you're like, okay, he got shot six times. Maybe it missed some of his organs. You know, people people have lived through that. Whatever. It's a thing yeah. that happens. There's more. 50 this Cent got one, shot nine times. Yeah. Yeah, I was getting ready to say this one. It's like, no, that's not. <laughs> this is this is no. It's not the way it works. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we'll have to come back to it next week. I do have a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but so it makes it it makes me even more interested for the third movie. I'll, I'll say that yeah. much because I want to be like, okay, well now they got to fucking explain this because you're not going to get away with just telling me he's tough. <laughs> that is part of the problem too. When you know it's going to be a trilogy, then the end comes and you're like, well, wasn't a whole lot of suspense though. All right thing is i guess apparently the next movie is supposed to jump ahead four years so once again i don't know how they're going to do that i mean i don't either but. well he'll hide in the cabin of some old man who will cure him and then he'll <laughs> kill that guy <laughs> yeah the grab cult, that the cult will pick him up and fill him with druid blood <laughs> and then they'll throw in a clever line of dialogue bad mouthing the sequels uh, 20 years from now we'll erase all this again and start over i'll see why not jamie lee curtis will be like 80 are you, are you curious to find out how much jamie lee curtis got paid for this movie because mm. she's she's really not in this movie very much yeah yeah i wonder if she got paid a flat fee for the entire trilogy she probably had to sign on for all three before they would uh, agree. And then she's just like, what if I just don't do a whole lot in the second one? Yeah. But, I mean, they do bring a, lo- a lot of characters back from the original movie. So I thought that part was interesting because I do join my continuity, as I say ironically, when talking about the Halloween franchise. <laughs> so I was going to say, are you sure you do? Because... You're not complaining that much about this movie, which is a sequel to Halloween, which is also a sequel to Halloween, but not a sequel to Halloween. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's there's something that I saw that's not not a movie, but will be. I saw the fucking trailer for this goddamn Scream reboot fucking oh. sequel nonsense. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think it looks fun. Yeah. yeah. Why did like they, they called it Scream? That, that is it's ridiculous. It's in the same yeah, series. You can't, you can't call a, a sequel to a, a film the same name. Like, no, what did I just say? The, <laughs> Halloween literally is like, you want to know what the sequel to Halloween is called? It's called Halloween 2. It's not, not Halloween Part 2. It's also called Halloween. It, and what's the remake called? It's also called Halloween. Okay, so there's three movies called Halloween. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. One is a sequel to another one. God damn. And they were rebooting the franchise, so they needed a way to tell us to ignore the other sequels, and they didn't bother to do that. 
<laughs> the only I'm probably going to see the new Scream movie, and the only reason why is David Arquette. Okay. I love David Arquette, and he deserves to be supported. I God think he it. legit looks good in this movie. I think that mm-hmm. he's still got that cheesy mustache because he's still is the character, mm-hmm. but he's got that white beard growing in around it now, and he looks to be like he's a little bit more of a serious adult, but not really because it's still David Arquette. I think it, he. I actually think he looks like he's going to be interesting to see what he does. I was not excited for another Scream movie, but watching the trailer got me excited for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually. I feel like the plot, at least the plot they revealed, is an interesting. Where it's somehow all the killings are tied into relatives from the original killers or whatever, which could, yeah. which could be interesting, or they could completely fuck it up. Either way. Yeah, I was gonna. It makes me. Uh, so I, I feel like right now we're living in an era of not not necessarily the most fantastic horror movies in the world, but they're putting out horror movies that are good. And, and every once in a while we get one that's more experimental and that's fun. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what happened to me at this theater this last time makes me horrified for the future mm-hmm. because, as you guys know, I hate Scream, and I hate the the decade of movies that Scream caused after it. And I'm not joking, you guys. I watched it. I saw this Scream trailer, and I'm sitting there muttering to myself, like, stupid fucking Scream, goddamn 90s bullshit. And guess what trailer was on directly after? Uh-huh. The remake of I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's happening they put a trailer for that. They put a trailer for that in the theaters, even though it's an Amazon Prime thing? Yes, I was like, it's happening. Was it like the pre-show, like, you know? No, no, it was a trailer. trailer. Oh, weird. Yeah, I don't think I'll be watching that. I know what you did last summer. Like, it showed up on Amazon Prime, and I highlighted it, and I looked at the picture that it gives you, Mm -hmm. and I went, no, I'm not even going to read the synopsis for this thing. I can tell from this picture I don't like it. So I moved on. It was so upsetting. I was like, no, it's the worst part of my youth. It's returned. Well, it's technically not a remake. Uh, it is a, another readaptation of the book, which I know you'd be like, well, what's the difference? The big difference is uh, the fisherman's not going to be in it because the fisherman wasn't in the book. He was something made up for the movies. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, having not read the book, I wouldn't know any of this. So. Okay. Maybe that's acceptable no. then. I'll give it a shot. So, well, I mean, I don't know. It's the uh, the book wasn't didn't have a very slashery uh, aspect to it. It was just someone telling a group of friends that they knew their secret from when they hit somebody the summer before. It wasn't like super uh, horror-y. So I don't know what they're gonna do, but. Because during the pre-show, there was the trailer for the new Wheel of Time series, which I'd actually just asked somebody the other day about. I was like, they they said they were working on a Wheel of Time series when, like, season three of Game of Thrones. And I can't believe it's not done yet. But apparently it's coming now. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the Wheel of Time thing is. It's it's a fantasy yeah, series. So so my problem is, so you guys know that the Game of Thrones books are very long, right? Sure. Yes. Yeah. And and obviously it took them a long time to get through all that material 
in the show, even even though they were skipping mm-hmm. stuff. So the Game of Thrones is six or seven books. I can't, I can't, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, that, no that sounds that sounds right to me. So the Wheel of Time books are probably even longer than the Game of Thrones books, and there are thirteen of them. <laughs> it is long. It is really, really, really long. <laughs> and I cannot imagine on any earth that this series is going to get through that whole story. I can't. I can't fucking believe it. If they went 30 fucking seasons like the goddamn Simpsons, they still wouldn't be done. <laughs> All right. I think I watched the trailer. I don't. It didn't mean anything to me because I haven't read the books. So it's really it's got some interesting shit. I mean, it's it's got a cool mythos to it. And uh, it's it's real interesting in the fact that there's a lot of good. Characters that are like trying to be good people that slowly overturn time, like kind of have to get shittier because the world is shitty. <laughs> and then it's got a whole bunch of characters who start off as absolute pieces of shit. And then slowly over time, you're like, you know what? I kind of like that piece of shit. And so it's pretty much all Ricks and Negans. It's Ricks and Negans all the way down. <laughs> but yeah. So that's it. What'd you watch, Doug? Uh, I really don't have anything. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's been one of those weeks. Like I already mentioned that I rewatched Halloween too. Um, just trying to think if I watched literally anything else. Uh, I watched a, a weird movie called The Wanderers. You guys ever heard of that one? No. It's one of these ones that I saw on TV a long time ago. It's just, I don't even know how to describe it really. Uh, Days to Confused meets The Warriors. Just a bunch of weird gangs just going about their day-to-day life in New York in the 60s. Uh, very kind of weird movie. It's, yeah, it's a weird movie. I don't even know how to describe it. It's There's not really a plot per se. And then there's uh, not really a main character. It just kind of follows these group of people around as weird shit happens. But it's these like weird kind of over-the-top gangs in New York City. Um, I don't know if I liked it or not. It was one of those ones that was more of a curiosity than it was something I was watching because I actually wanted to see it. It was more like I remember seeing this on TV a long, long time ago. There were little details of it. I want to see if it's a good movie or not. And then I watched it and I still have no idea if it's a good movie or not. I kind of used it as a background movie because I also just wanted to try out that new Kino Cult streaming service Mm -hmm. without, you know, I wasn't quite ready for like, the erotic horror section and you know <laughs> oh uh, you're you like know, lando go to bed i i just i just want you guys to know that i also tried that out yeah and you you know what the fuck i watched i watched what 1930s sexploitation educational films and it was, <laughs> oh it was i totally watched time. the how to t- how to take a bath i watched uh, that one because yes. i just needed to know yeah how to take a bath <laughs> How to get fucking weird is that shit? Yeah, Yeah, I, 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 it's so fucking weird. It is literally just like an instructional video. It's like a little narrative with an instructional video tagged into it about how to take a bath. Just as I guess it's the only way they could legally have them be naked Mm -hmm. or something. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, they had had, uh, 
Yeah, the yeah. rules the rules back then is you could pretty much get away with anything if it was education. So they would just have you just slap any type of educational thing on it and you could have straight up full frontal nudity. Very strange. Very, very strange thing to watch. Uh, yeah. Like, was it about like 11 minutes long or something? Yeah, 12 it was, minutes. So, yeah. It's so weird. Like, because there is a little narrative story going on. And then it's just the end. They're like, well, I better take a bath now. It's like, you know, the best way to take a bath is. And they're like, can you instructions? Well, this woman is just taking a bath. And you're like, all right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they, there was a time period where they called uh, nudie cuties, where they yeah. found ways to put as much nudity into something as they could. So there's lots of documentaries yeah. about like uh, nudist colonies, stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, I was, I was getting ready to say nudie, nudie cuties is a slightly different subgenre, but yeah. Yeah, but they're talking, yeah, like they were talking about the, uh, like the nudist colonies and stuff. And it's like, how can we get lots of naked people on screen to have people go see it, but prompted as an educational film? The nudist, nudist films are a really interesting one because, so I don't know if you guys know this, but nudist colonies are full of ugly people, (laughs) right? Same with uh, like nude beaches. Like don't ever go to a nude beach. It's all gross people. Right. They're gross. So, they would go to these nudist colonies, figure out that it's all ugly people, and they're like, oh, fuck, this this isn't going to make us any fucking money. So they would bus in hot actresses to play nudist people in these educational documentaries about nudist colony. But they couldn't afford to, like, write a cohesive script or anything, so they would just bus them in, and they would be like, just do things. Play badminton naked, you know. Like I don't know. Uh, uh, you uh, awkwardly walk around pruning that hedge naked. Do that. Well, well, more uh, more bath instructional videos on your future. I think I think I I think for me I got my fix. I just needed to know what they were. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That that uh, Kino Cult streaming service is a pretty interesting one because there's like. You know, there's like a Mario Bava section and you're like, oh, neat. And then you scroll down and it's like, oh, they have a Jess Franco section. Oh, it's like all his erotic horror that he decided to do. It's not straightforward stuff. It's like, oh, OK, I'll get to some of that one day. Oh, I'm I'm real stoked for it. I, w- I went through it and I started being like, oh, man, this is great. <laughs> So much, so much exploitation goodness in here. I'm hoping yeah. more comes because a lot of the stuff that's on there. With the yeah. exception of these weird things that we've mentioned, a lot of it is just stuff that you could get elsewhere. So I think it's hopefully they're going to be adding more. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I think they said every month they're going to be adding new material and stuff. Okay. So uh, I haven't really watched anything because unfortunately there's no app for for my big TV. So really. well, at least nothing on any devices that I actually use. So I was able to download it to my Fire Stick in the on the TV in the bedroom, but I like hardly ever watch TV in there. So I mean, each guys got a Roku. Uh, I mean, we have like a super old one that we haven't used in forever. So. 
We'll see. I'm sure I'll find excuses to watch something, but just hasn't done yet. Uh, is that, is that make, it? Sure you, make sure you find out how to take a bath. Exactly. Uh, What's the it, other uh, one? Like how to get dressed or something? How, do, like, how to get right. undressed. How to get undressed. All right. So you, ever, you ever got dressed and then been like, ah, oh, shit, I don't know how to undo all this. Well, we've got a video for you. I'm, I may have to go back and watch that. I don't know how, how I'm going to not. If I'm just flipping through it, it's there. <laughs> it's a very small time commitment. And it's just such a bizarre thing. <laughs> Uh, did you watch anything else, Doug? No, I really haven't. Sorry, guys. I don't have much this yeah, week. That's fine. Uh, I uh, My friend was over, like I said. We watched, you know, Halloween. And then uh, I turned on uh, VFW because I had showed him the trailer last time he was here. And he's like, oh, yeah. he's like, that looks like a movie I would definitely enjoy. So I was like, well, we'll definitely watch that one. So. Um, for those that still haven't seen it, it's a bunch of old guys holed up in a VFW hall as a bunch of drugged up punks, uh, that have taken over a rundown movie theater across the parking lot, uh, try to storm it because somebody stole all their drugs and then ducked into the VFW to get away from them. And so now it's old veterans versus, uh, drug punks and the old dudes are like fred the hammer williamson and martin cove from the karate kid series uh stephen lang who's in like a lot of stuff lately and uh oh william sadler so it's just them being old like vietnam guys like having to fight off these punks and it's pretty magnificent yeah yeah it was a really impressive movie i was super happy when i watched it yeah Oh, and George Wentz. I completely forgot about George Wentz. He's not in it for very long, but I was super happy to see him in it. But yeah, super awesome movie. So if nobody's seen VFW, be sure to check it out. Uh, and then the other thing is I watched the first episode of the new Chucky show. Oh, which, you watched uh, that? Okay. It hasn't debuted yeah. here yet. Yep. First episode was up. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um I mean, it's the first episode in a series, so, I mean, they don't jump right to the point. But so far, it's, yeah, it's like you see in the trailer. Kid finds a Chucky doll at a garage sale, takes him home. His life's kind of not quite where he wants it to be. And uh, Chucky's like, you know what? I feel bad for this kid. Tell you what, I'll just start murdering everybody that's causing you problems. How about that? Shambhala! Yeah, so it's fun. And then the, you know, coming this season trailer that they played at the end of it shows that, it, you know, how it definitely connects into the overall Chucky storyline. So you're seeing some familiar characters show up and everything. So I'm super excited for it. Uh, the weirdest thing when you watch it is realizing that Devin Sawa plays the kid's dad. And you're like, oh, yeah. But isn't Devin Sawa like 20 and you realize like, oh, no, he yep, he's in his 40s. So then you feel really old. Yes, man. <laughs> I had to point it out to my wife. I'm like, do you know who that is? And she's like, I don't know. He kind of looks familiar. I'm like, it's Devin Sawa from the Final Destination movies. She's just like, holy shit. And I'm like, I know, right? Didn't even realize it. Uh, so, so far, so good. I mean... Chucky says some funny one-liners. Some people die. You know, good stuff so far. So hopefully it 
keeps going that way. And I like that uh, USA, because it airs on USA and sci-fi at the same time. That's weird. It is weird. I don't understand that, but whatever. Um, that they've, you know, kind of loosened their restrictions on some stuff. So you can swear on those channels now if it's late enough. And so apparently they're allowed four F-bombs for every hour. So. It just the girls are so funny. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was like some, uh, some weird, like, I don't want to say ruling because it wasn't like. It was like an official like court hearing or anything, but I remember there was talk that they were going to start loosening some uh, some restrictions on what you could say on certain channels after a certain time on cable, and so stations like USA and stuff can actually drop the f bomb if it's after like nine o'clock or something. I was going to say, I, I thought pretty much the ruling that Comedy Central got is that, you know, it's it's cable. The FCC is not allowed to step in and tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mostly like self-imposed, like they just want to keep advertisers happy. So they try to sort of keep that content, like, you know, keep it, just keep an eye on it. And they sort of announced they were loosening some of that, so there was a lot more, a lot more use of the word shit around a lot of cable channels. And then, yeah, the f bomb you can drop it in certain situations. And then I still think it's uh, cannot be used as a verb. So <laughs> no, it can't be used for describing sex or whatever, but it can still be, you know, an exclamation essentially. Um, it's probably it probably is due to South Park when they had their big like we're gonna we're gonna say the f word on South Park or whatever and then you know that whole thing and then it turned out not to be a big deal I'm sure that kind of helped open the gates a little bit for people to stop freaking out so much all the rules are so fucking weird I just don't get it even like when they start yeah. getting into like well you can say this word but only this many times and it's like what it why does it matter why are we spending like time and effort and taxpayer dollars deciding this shit it seems so useless <laughs> yeah I don't know. here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future uh all right for next week um been doing a lot of like horror related stuff i figured go back and do some uh some good old exploitation movies. There it is. If you call it that. Um, specifically, some Burt Reynolds exploitation films. Some okay. more, more just, I don't know, crime type stuff. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the movies Gator and White Lightning. Oh, yeah. So this is before, I guess before he was like the super movie star that he ended up becoming. But I think he's he's the same character in both those movies, right? I have no idea. Because I know Gator Gator is technically a sequel to another Burt Reynolds movie. Is it? Yeah, it's it's one of those ones that they're not they're not directly related, but he plays the same character. I think that's right. Hold on one second. Let me look. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't I don't know what either of these are at all. Gator, so, he's um, swamp cop. 
Mm. Yep, cop in a swamp. And then White Lightning is dealing with Moonshine? Yeah, it's a Moonshine runner. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, because Gator takes place after his release from prison uh, from being a Moonshine distiller. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So maybe we should put them in the other order. It's White Lightning and Gator. I had no idea they were even connected. So. Yeah, I'm 90% sure. I think there's three that are weirdly connected. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of uh, Burt Reynolds' early stuff, so I figured it'd be a fun place to start. I don't really. Yeah, I know Burt Reynolds more as like a character that exists in our society than as an actor. <laughs> yeah, he's famous for being okay. Burt Reynolds. Yeah, by the time like I w- I've saw him in stuff, it's like he was playing essentially playing Burt Reynolds, right? So I don't yeah. know. Like- Cop and a half. Believe it or not, I don't think I saw Cop and a half. <laughs> I believe my grandparents wanted to see it, and so I went with them because I was like, you know, eleven or twelve, and I wasn't going to turn down a free trip to the movies. But you know, you have to see stuff like Cop and a half. Yeah, well, yeah, so, yeah. he does play the same character in these two movies, though. So, oh, nice. You're definitely going to want to watch uh, White Lightning first, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's good to know that before we go to watch them, and then we're like, what the fuck. Story's all backwards. I'm trying to look it up. I swear to God, there's a third. Can you just look in the uh, similar tab? This is this is great podcasting, by the way. Our it natural is. ability to. It is us googling stuff, IMDBing everything. Uh, well, Luckily, we whenever you edit this to remove the silences, it'll all go away. Yeah, you you uh, put a lot of faith in my editing abilities and my my remembering to do stuff like that. Well, you know, we all trust you. <laughs> should, should we not? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, oh, did everybody, everybody see the Batman trailer? Yes. Uh, I, it's so dark. <laughs> yeah. It's a real dark trailer. I, I keep meaning to watch it on the computer, and I, I'll, I've watched it twice on my phone, and I'm, like, holding it up to my face like, Jesus, I can't fucking see anything. Well, Doug, since you've seen it in a fully lit environment, what did you think of the new Batman trailer? I think it looks fucking awesome. I got I'm super That's excited right. for it. I love that they're I love that they're not doing the origin story again. They're doing something yeah. different. I like that there's a number of villains, it looks like. I like that we don't know the storyline from the trailer. Yeah. I like that Batman is just trying to be a, is a total badass and that he's just like trying to intimidate the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. He's, it's just, it's just him punch people in the face. Yeah. So I'm totally on Even board that, for. like that line of dialogue about like when he's got the, the bat signal up and you're like, Oh, that's kind of cheesy. Cause they're still using a bat signal in this mm. like more grounded universe. And then you're like, Oh no, he's like fully just says it's there to, as a, a fear tactic like that makes sense kind of like yeah. Andy Circus as Alfred theoretically mm-hmm. I, I don't know for sure yeah. that I'm going to like that but yeah, it's a quick couple you know, scenes in. I just think we haven't done that yet in movie format is have like a younger more physically capable Alfred that can be a little bit more involved right yeah yeah I, so, uh, see how that goes early reports are that it's more of a scary movie, which I'm totally on board for. You've not really seen like a scary interpretation of Batman, which is no. Seems you know, like that would be easy I'm, to do. I mean, 
I don't want to get excited for it because I have a feeling that I'd be disappointed if I go in there hoping for a scary movie and I yeah, get yeah. what what normies think a scary movie is. But uh, I'm also I love that it just looks like a completely different take than anything else we've seen. So it seems almost like it's the version of Batman that people think Batman 89 is. When people talk about <laughs> Batman 89 being a serious take on the character. I'm like, I don't, yeah. if you go back and watch it, it just isn't. You mean it's when the Joker total... pulls a, uh, like three foot gun out of his pants and shoots down the bat yeah. plane. <laughs> yeah. Look, Batman 89 is an intentionally campy movie. It's just, mm. it was market marketed differently than that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's funny to hear people talk about it. Like, Oh, they took it seriously. And it's like, no, they didn't at all. It's, a, <laughs> it's an extension of the Adam West universe. If anything, well, uh, I see, I would agree that they comparatively took it seriously, but making it not a nonstop joke was taking it seriously at that point. That makes sense. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. You, you know, my, my opinion is you guys are all boned up for Batman, but the fucking the Black Adam teaser stuff they did is got uh, fucking excited. Well, this stuff's exciting too. I'm not, I'm not a I'm not a huge The Rock guy. Oh, I am. But man, Hawkman and fucking Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate is just <laughs> I'm so fucking excited for that shit. Yeah, that's DC. I don't. I try not to get excited for anything that is connected back to all that main DC stuff. Well, you don't need to worry about that. Anything. Did you watch Shazam? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like Shazam. I thought it was a lot of fun and black Adam's going to be connected to that, but I don't think you need to worry about it being connected to anything else. I don't know. We'll see. I was going to say, but a lot darker, that teaser pretty much shows him roast a guy. Oh yeah, for sure. It's pretty wild. It didn't seem like it had the comedic undertones of Shazam, which surprised me a little. I'm like, I don't know if I understand that. Yeah. Well, Black, I, a- Black Adam's I, a much darker character, but yeah. I, I was getting ready to say, I think they're trying to do it justice because in, in the comic books, uh, God, I hate calling him Shazam. Fucking Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Shazam. Shazam is what people know him as. That's what you should refer to him as. I hate it. <laughs> if it makes you unhappy, that's all the more advantages. I hate it. Uh, but, you know, he's, they call him the last Golden Age character for a reason. He's this never-ending font of hope and positivity, mostly because he literally is a child. And, and Black Adam is kind of supposed to be the opposite of that. He's, you know, that the the darkness of what billy batson could be if if he was a piece of shit it's just how easily that power could corrupt somebody especially into thinking that they're doing the right thing with right. all their power with but they're doing it in a completely horrible way and he's a ain't black adams i don't know he's such a good villain in dc because he's like one of the few villains that if he goes toe-to-toe with superman he beats the ever-living dog shit out of superman which is just an interesting there aren't a lot of bad guys that can lay claim to that ability, mostly because all of his powers are magic. And that happens to be one of Superman's secret weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. Magic, magic kick to the dick. Uh, then there was a Shazam 2 trailer. Did you watch that one, Noah? I, I did. Fucking yep. Helen Mirren is a supervillain. <laughs> yeah. What the? 
What the fuck? <laughs> I'm on board, no, though. I was getting to say, don't get me wrong. I'm down. But I was like, so confused. <laughs> so confused of what was going on. And Lucy Liu. Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu is the bad guys. It's fucking great. <laughs> Uh, what about the Flash trailer? I don't give a fuck about Ezra Miller. I don't either, but Michael Keaton's going to be in it and back in the bat suit. So. He, Ezra Miller looks like a sexual predator. <laughs> <laughs> like, every second of his life, no matter what uh, he does, that dude looks like he is lurking about uh, a grade school's playground. Uh, he looks like he enjoyed filming. We need to talk about Kevin a little bit too much. Yeah, he just, I don't know. He looks dirty and greasy and like he touches children. It's, it's, I don't, how is that supposed to be Barry Allen? Legally, we are not saying he does. We are just saying he looks like. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a pedophile. (laughs) I'm just saying I would be surprised if he's not a pedophile. (laughs) I was just going to say it, it disappoints me because I don't have any faith in it being a good movie in it. If they waste yeah. putting Michael Keaton back in the bat suit, like yeah. I still think that should, that should be its own movie. I think Michael Keaton as Batman do the Batman beyond or whatever you want to do to have him back. Mm. It, it seems like there's so much potential there. If you, if he's willing to get back in that suit and to just waste it on this seems unfortunate. There's a lot of unfortunate things like I was I was excited that finally the Snyderverse was dead. Right. Because it was so bad, so awful that finally even Warner Brothers had to be like, OK, we need to rethink everything because this was everyone hates our movies. Why do they hate our movies and why do they love Shazam, the movie that we didn't care about? So we let somebody else just do things with it. and. You get exciting stuff like Black Adam in the in the Shazam sequel. I'm stoked about that. I'm, I'm excited about all these side projects. But then they kept Ezra Miller, who is no bueno. And they kept Bro Aqua, which is also no fucking bueno. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I, I know I everybody likes seen... Jason Momoa, and I think Jason Momoa is fine in a lot of stuff. He's not Aquaman. It's weird. Yeah, I still haven't seen the first Aquaman movie, so. It's, I mean, it's all right. Black Manta's played by the guy who was in Candyman, and he's he's one of the bright spots of the movie. Well, they put a, they put a trailer out for that sequel, too, so. Right, I feel like we're missing a trailer, too. There's a lot of trailers. There was. Video game trailers, too. Yeah, I video game ones. I don't care about all that shit. I'll probably, I'll probably play them, but, yeah, they're not really worth talking about. I mean, I don't have a PlayStation, so I haven't still played the good Spider-Man games that everybody fucking loves. Played the first one. I enjoyed it. I never finished it, so I need to go back. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention, though, is they they uh, put up the first two episodes of season four of uh, Young Justice, which I know you're excited about. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So it's up and running. I don't know and, start. And, and Doom Patrol's going, too, right? Or is yep. that starting soon? Yep, that's on episode seven, I believe. So I actually so, uh, went back. I was I was like, I need to start the new season. And I went back and it turns out somehow I hadn't finished all of the last season. What? Right. I don't I don't know how that happened. 
But you know what's good is I was like, hey, bonus episodes. I'm not mad at myself. Somehow I gave myself a Christmas present. Then uh, I need to finish Titans. So we got about halfway through and I got kind of bored with it. Yeah, it's just it's not very good. It's not it's not bad. It's it not got bad. renewed for another season, so hopefully they can improve. I just feel like the team the team who are doing uh Doom Patrol should just do all those shows from now on. <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.